In the end of the parsha, the pasuk says, "Vatisogir Miriam michutz l'machan eshivas yomim ve'ha'am le'nosa ad heyosef Miriam." Miriam was confined; she was quarantined outside the camp for seven days, and the nation didn't travel until Miriam was able to come back into the camp. Rashi quotes the words of the Amli Nosa and explains that this honor, Cholak Lohamokim, Hashem gave her, Bishvil Shah Achas for the one Shah, for the one moment or hour, Shinis Akvala Moshe, that she spent waiting for Moshe, Keshahushlach Leyaur, when he was put into the Nile River. As the Pasuk says, Vatesatsavachoise Mirochim, that his sister stood from a distance, v'goymer, etc. Now, what is Rashi actually coming to explain in his pirush? What's bothering Rashi? So as Mepharshim explained, the question is, we have the words, v'ha'am le'inosa ad Yosef Miriam, that the nation doesn't travel until Miriam is able to be, be able to come back into the camp. And the question is, what is the point of these words? The very next Pasuk says, v'achar nosu'am, that the people traveled after Miriam was closed door for seven days. So why does this Pasuk need to say, why is the Torah saying, it's obvious they didn't travel. The next Pasuk says that after she was closed off for seven days, that's when they traveled. And this is what Rashi is explaining, that the point of the Torah repeating this is to tell us that the reason they didn't travel was because of her honor. The question, however, is, the Pasuk says, The people didn't travel. So where is Rashi getting this from? That this honor is being given to her by Hashem. Especially when we compare this to the words of the Razal in the Mishnah, where there it actually says, That is because of her waiting for Moshe. That's why the Yidin waited for her. Now simply we could say that all of the journeys of the Yidin, as well as every time they stopped and camped, wasn't dependent on their own decision, but rather, as the Pasuk tells us earlier on in this Sedra, in this Parsha, that as the cloud would raise from above the oil, above the tent, above the oil moyed, then the Yidden would travel. Wherever the cloud stopped, that's where the Yidden would camp. And therefore, when the Pasuk says that the people didn't travel until Miriam was healed, it's obviously because the cloud of Hashem didn't move up until that point. And therefore, that's why it's Hashem giving her this honor. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, when Rashi says, and not just that she got this honor, or she received this honor, and again, comparing this to the Mishnah, where it clearly says that this is the reason why the Yidden waited for her, although, of course, the Mishnah, from the Mishnah, we would, it's obvious also that according to the Mishnah, it would also depend on the cloud moving. So why is Rashi changing it? So clearly, according to the Mishnah, the, Yidin are, the, the fact that the Yidden are waiting is also coming from their part. In other words, yes, they have to wait for the cloud, but they also, the Yidden also wanted to wait. And that's why the mission is saying the Yidin didn't move on. Whereas according to Rashi, where Rashi is not mentioning anything about the Yidin at all, it would seem like the only reason that they are now waiting is only because Hashem is giving her this honor. 
in other words, by the fact that the cloud is remaining and they're not moving, and nothing to do with what the Yidin wanted. But that would be very, very difficult to say, because if you look in the Pasuk, the Pasuk actually only says, the people didn't travel. So why should we, in other words, the way our understanding of Rashi now, is it seemed like the Yidin on their own wouldn't want to go, it's only Hashem making them not go, and yet the Pasuk says, that it was about the people not going. The Rebbe says another thing we need to understand. A few things the Rebbe is going to mention. Number one, why does Rashi say, that his sister was standing at a, at a distance when Moshe was put into the river? Why is it relevant right over here? When was that time that Miriam waited for Moshe? All Rashi needed to say is, as the Mishnah in fact says, Miriam waited for Moshe, Shah Achas, Shanem, and bring the Pasuk. Number two, why is Rashi quoting from the Pasuk? Rashi adds the word Meirochik, she stood from a distance. If Rashi would only bring the words that his sister stood, we also understand that she's standing there observing Moshe. That she's waiting for Moshe. Not only that, but Rashi even adds the word Vegoimer, which means Rashi wants not only Meirochik from a distance, but somehow hinting to the continuation of the Pasuk. What's the continuation of those posik or psukim relevant to what we're speaking about over here? Says the Rebbe, in order to understand all of this, we're first going to examine what is this honor exactly that we're talking about that Miriam is getting by the fact that everyone's waiting for her. Now simply the way it sounds is that Yidin, had they not waited for her, so now she is going to remain in the desert by herself, and clearly that wouldn't be very, very respectful, that wouldn't be honor. But this, says the Rebbe, seems to be very, very strange. If we're speaking about the fact that the Yidin would move, move on, and she's remaining herself on the Midbar, that would be not only a lack of respect, but it would be Sakana Selfashis, it would be a great danger for her to be herself on the Midbar. So what do we mean just that they gave her respect? It's much more than that. Her life is dependent on this. The Rebbe says, the Rebbe is preempting a question of it. You might say that this is maybe why Rashi is in fact saying, that she waited when Moshe was put into the river to emphasize the meter connected, meter measure for measure, that just like when she waited for Moshe, this was a matter of pikuach nefesh, so too she is being rewarded in a similar way that Hashem is paying her back, that she shouldn't remain in a dangerous situation by herself in the desert. So the Rebbe says we can say that because then when, why are we emphasizing the idea of covenant that she's getting the special honor? Rashi wouldn't say this is the honor that she got because we're not speaking about honor of here. We're speaking about she's being saved just like she was standing there to save Moshe. Says the Rebbe, what is the explanation of all of this? Hashem says, She needs to be locked away, confined, quarantined outside the camp for seven days. The Achar Teyosef, and then she could come back in, then she could be cured. From this we understand that Miriam's cure, the Achar Teyosef, is dependent on the fact that she's going to be locked away at seven days, outside the camp. is really outside of all three camps. Now, what does a Machana mean? What does a camp refer to? Machana is when the Yidin are camping in one place. In our case, says the Rebbe, and therefore also if we want to say she's going to be outside the camp. So this is when the Yidin are standing in one place. This is the Rebbe says, Rashi had already told us this earlier, that as the Yidin were camping, and you had the Mishkan, 
You had the curtains around the Mishkan, so this is considered the Machana Shechina. Around that are the Leviim, and that's the Machana Leviyah. Then all the other four groups of Yidin, the different flags, this is the Machana Yisroel. But this is all when they're standing in one place, when they're stationary. The moment the Yidin are traveling, there is no Machana, there is no camp, and therefore there can be Michutzla Machana, you can be outside the camp if there is no camp. And therefore, says the Rebbe, had the Yidin not waited right now, stationary, Bamachana, in a camp for seven days that Miriam needs to be quarantined. So even though she's not going to be alone in the desert, the Rebbe says it's obvious she would have gone along as well. She wouldn't just stay alone away from the rest of the Yidin. But the point is she wouldn't be able to have a machana, a camp that she's outside of. If they're, they're not stationary, there is no camp. She cannot start the process of being quarantined. Because once you don't have a machana, you don't have the, the outside of the machana. And the result of this would then be that it's going to take longer until the time where she could finally rejoin everyone else, be completely cured. That means it's going to take longer than the seven days that it should have taken. Because during the times of the travels, we're not going to be able to count that as part of the seven days. In fact, the Rebbe in the footnotes even discusses that maybe we'd even have to restart if, if you, if you, if the, if the camp is dismantled in the middle. Says the Rebbe says, this is the honor that we're speaking about that Hashem is giving her. That all the Yidden are now going to wait for seven days in this place where they camped so that she could immediately start the process of healing, the process of being locked up for seven days outside the camp so that then she can be finished with it and rejoin everyone else. Says the Rebbe, from all of this Rashi we could also see some fascinating things also in the area of Halacha. And that is, on these words, Achar Teyosef, then she will come back into the camp. Rashi says, all of these expressions of Asifa that say in regarding to a Mitzayra is because a Mitzayra is sent out of the camp. When he is cured, he's now Nesaf. He comes back, gathered into the camp. And that's why the term Asifa is used. It's an expression of coming back in. Which tells us, says the Rebbe, that when Miriam is told or said about her, Tisogar, she needs to be confined for seven days outside the camp. So this is clearly, as Rashi is pointing out, that it's similar to that which happens by every other Mitzvah. According to this, we have the Din by a Mitzvah, that call you Nega boy all the days that the Mitzvah has the spot of Tzaras, so he's Tomei, and Bodod Yeshev, he has to sit alone outside the camp. So the Rebbe is explaining now that the fact that he's outside the camp is not just a technical side obligation. That since he's Tomei, he needs to stay away from everyone. But rather, this is a condition, this is part of the curing and healing and purification process of the Mitzvah. And if he doesn't have the, if he doesn't fulfill while he's Tomei, that in fact he cannot come to a state of purity. Just like we're discussing now by Miriam, that she needs to be locked away for seven days in order to be able to join the rest of the Eden, in order to be able to be cured. Now just to clarify the next point, within Metzorah we actually have two types of Metzorahim. We have what we, the Rebbe was referring to right now, a Metzorah that means a full-fledged Metzorah, someone that's confirmed as a Metzorah and he needs to be outside the camp, etc., we also have something called a Mitzvah Musgar. Musgar is the time when 
the Koyin still has to recheck him and see whether it's going to be a confirmed absolute saras. And by this Mitzayra Muzgar, there's also the concept that he needs to stay. The, the regular Mitzayra, we said he's outside the camp until he's cured. But a Mitzayra that the Koyin still needs to recheck, so there's a period of seven days in which he needs to be locked up. So we're going to be using this term Mitzayra Muzgar a few times. So the Rebbe says the same thing as with the Mitzayra Muzgar. If we say his cure is dependent on that there is the seven days that he needs to be locked up, the Pasuk says, The Koyin needs to lock up this Tzaras for seven days. So again, we'd follow the same idea that if there isn't the seven days of being locked up outside the camp, then his purity will be delayed until he has these full seven days. However, the Rebbe says like this, by the Mitzayra, since we say, So here there is some room to debate or to, to think about. What is the main thing? Is it more about the fact that he's alone? In other words, it's more about a negative that he shouldn't be with everyone else. He needs to be alone. And that is, in fact, even when he's outside the camp, and there is no camp, he still needs to be alone. The point is mainly about his being alone. Or it's actually very relevant to the fact that there is a camp and he's outside the camp. It's not only about being alone, but it's specifically that he's outside the camp. And the difference will be like we just said about Miriam. When there's a situation that there is no camp, so you can't say outside the camp. Now, technically, this Mitzvah could be somewhere by himself. But if there's no camp that he's outside of, would that hold him back from being able to become pure? Again, applying this to the Mitzvah that needs to be locked up for a few days till the, till the Kayan looks at him again. The same question. In a situation where there is no Michutz Lamachana, so those days that he's himself, will that count as part of the seven days? So now, if we look at the first way of it, that, uh, that, um, in other words, we said that the main thing was that he was himself, then there wouldn't be any problem at all. Because, even if, as long as he's not with everybody else, that's fine. It's part of the days. On the other hand, if we look at it that no, we need to have a camp that he's outside of, so then he's going to have a problem. He needs to wait until he has seven days that are outside a camp. The Rebbe says that this could be relevant even nowadays in Halacha Lamaisa. Because the Rebbe says that the Halacha is that this whole idea of Mitzoyer and the purification of Mitzoyer applies in Eretz Yisroel and in Chutz Laretz. It applies in the time of the Beis HaMikdash and in the time when there's no Beis HaMikdash. Says the Rebbe, according to the opinions that the Din, the Kedusha, the concept of Yerushalayim being like the Machana, similar to the Yidin and the Midbar, Yerushalayim is the Machana. According to the opinions that say that all of this does not apply today when we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, the question will be whether a Mitzvah these days would be able to become pure after the Korban if there is no Machana to be outside the Machana. And again, the same question. If the main point is that he sits himself, he shouldn't be with the rest of the people, so then that would be able to be applied nowadays as well. But if you need to have, Michutz Lamachana Meshavah is crucial, not only that he's himself, but it has to be by himself outside a camp, then you wouldn't be able to have that after the Churban. The Rebbe takes it a step further and says, even if you want to say that these days, because there isn't this whole concept of the Machanois, even when the Mitzvah became Tommy, because he became Tommy after the Beis HaMiglish was destroyed, so you might say that if there were no Machanois when it started, so then you don't have to go outside the camp to become pure. But there's still room for the question, what about a case 
If a person became Tomei in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, when he's Tomei, the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, so he started off with the Machana, with the camp, with Yerushalayim, could he become pure after the Churban, if there's no camp, if there's no Yerushalayim? Uh, going back to Miriam now, to the way we understood Rashi based on Miriam, it would have to come out that the same thing would be true with every Mitzayra, that it's not only that that state of being alone, but it's Negea also this idea that like we said about Miriam, yes, she had to be outside of the camp. There needs to be a camp, but she's outside the camp. And therefore applying it nowadays, since we don't have the Machanois, according to these some opinions, and we cannot fulfill this obligation of sitting outside the camp, so then a Mitzayra these days would not be able to fulfill this obligation and come to his purity. Says the Rebbe, now that we have a whole new understanding, that Miriam's honor consisted of the fact that she's able to start the quarantine process, the seven days, and therefore her cure immediately, and it doesn't stretch out. It's not delayed for a later time and for a longer time. So again, we're looking at it differently now than before. Before it was just a nice gesture that all the Yidden are waiting for her. But now they're standing, understanding it very differently. That the honor is the fact that she's able to start her process, her healing process, and her purification process right away. We can now understand what Rashi says when it says, that Hashem is giving her this honor. Because again, the question is seemingly, we should have said, like the Pasuk says, and like the Mishnah says, that it's something to do with the Yidden. The Mishnah says, all the Yidden waited seven days, and the Pasuk says the people didn't travel. So why doesn't Rashi just say the Yidden waited? And if Rashi is trying to bring out how great of an honor she got, because Hashem is the one that's delaying everything for her, so he should have said, like it says in the Sefri and the Mechilta, Hashem holds back for her, the Shechina, and the Aroin, and the Koyanim, and the Levim, and the Yisraelim, and the seven clouds of glory. But the Rebbe says Rashi is out to tell us something else completely over here. It's not just about, as we again, as we thought before, that it's just a matter of how long, you know, everyone's going to wait for her honor. Rashi's not speaking over here about who is the one giving to this honor, whether it's Hashem or the Yidden. Rashi is trying to bring out a different point. That this is all to do with the fact that Hashem had said that she should be quarantined immediately to have the seven days michutz lamachana. That's the point over here. In other words, it's not about a technical thing, how long people are now going to wait in her honor, but that the main focus over here is that Hashem gave this special order that immediately she should be able to start off her process of being locked up and then being able to come to her cure. Says the Rebbe, we could now ask the following question. We spoke about Mida Keneged Mida. We're speaking about the idea that she's getting a certain honor over here that Hashem is giving her by, because of the Shah Achaz, the one period of time that she waited for Moshe. And the the question the Rebbe is asking now is, back there, we seem to say, it was an Indian of Pikuach Nefesh. Moshe was in the river. So how is the cover, the honor that she is getting now, that Hashem is giving her, how is this sort of a befitting reward for what she has done? And the Rebbe is going to ask this question in two almost opposite extremes, how the question is going to be, how what she's getting, this covered the honor that she's getting is completely disproportionate to what she has done, and in two different directions. First of all, it says the Rebbe, as far as the act itself, she stands over there, again, this seems to be a matter of Hatzalas Nefoshah, is to be able to save Moshe, this is one of the greatest possible things, 
How is a payment of nice honor, even the greatest honor, how is that in any way measure for measure for what she has done, saving the child? The Rebbe now flips it the other way around, that maybe it's completely disproportionate the other way. Miriam's waiting for Moshe is self-understood, even by a simple person, would do this to go and save a child, especially one's own brother. So what's even the big deal? Why is that even such a big chiddush? And the reward she's getting, wow, it's completely, again, disproportionate now the other way. She's getting that Hashem himself is giving her such great honor, holding back all the Yidin and the Mishkan, etc., for such a long time. Now we come to understand why Rashi quotes from the Pasuk about Miriam, that she stood Meirachik from a distance, which tells us that her waiting near the river was not about saving Moshe. If she's standing at a distance, she actually wouldn't have been able to do anything at all. So number one, we don't have a question anymore of why the honor she's getting should be a reward for such a major thing of saving Moshe. Well, her staying there was not actually an act of saving the Fashas, of saving Moshe. But then you could ask the question the other way around. So what is the connection of this honor that she's getting for waiting for Moshe Rabbeinu over there for that little bit of time? What's this honor all about? So the Rebbe explains that this is why actually, in other words, seemingly there's no comparison. It's all very nice. So we understand there was no pikuach nefesh, but it still doesn't tell us of how this is a payment for what she did. So the Rebbe, this says, this is why Rashi actually adds, after he adds the word v'goymer. If we look further in the continuation of the Pasuk and that parsha, we understand it. And that is, what happens? My sister is standing there to find out what's going to happen. The Torah says that what happened next was, the daughter of Pari comes to bathe at the river and so on. She sees a, a boy crying and she has mercy on him. She wants to calm him down, and she's not able to. So the sister, Miriam, goes to Paspari and says, should I go call for you a, 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 a Yiddish nurse to nurse for you the child, a Yiddish lady, a woman to nurse the child for you? Paspari says to her, go. And Vatelech Alma, the young girl, goes, as Rashi says, Bezrizus Alma, she runs with enthusiasm like, like, like a very young person. Vatikra Seymayela, then she calls the mother of Moshe. So what happened over here? If Miriam would have not been there, now since Baspari was trying to calm the boy down, and as Rashi says, she has already taken him to many Egyptian women, and he wasn't nursing. So Baspari eventually would have realized herself what she needs to do. She should try to call a Jewish woman. But what would have happened? It would have been delayed. It would have taken a longer time. Moshe would have been in pain for a longer time. So the point is the fact that she had now made quicker, she shortened the time that Moshe is in pain. So now, says the Rebbe, we see exactly how Tzmida connected Mida, the covering that she gets by Hashem, by making sure that the people don't travel, so that she could get her cure right away, so that her Tsar, of having to be away from the camp for seven days, should be able to be shortened, should be able to be finished as quickly as possible as exactly Mida connected Mida because of the time that she waited for Moshe when he was in the river that he shouldn't have pain for a longer time. The Rebbe now moves on to Yena Shel and Rashi. The Rebbe said, we mentioned earlier this in the beginning of the Sicha, that the Mishnah says, even though, of course, when the Yidin waited, it's because Hashem is 
not moving the cloud. But why is it? Why does the Mishnah say that the Yidden waited? So we explain because according to the Mishnah, the Yidden also wanted to wait for Miriam. And even though it makes sense that Rashi, according to Rashi, Yidden definitely would have wanted to wait for Moshe as well, for Miriam as well. But Rashi only emphasizes Hamokim that it was about Hashem, not about the Yidden. So the Rebbe is now looking at an inner, a Tam Panimi for this difference between them. The Rebbe says, Chazal tell us, Everything's in the hands of Hashem besides the fear of Hashem. So therefore, says the Rebbe, when we're now coming to a good act that the Yidden are going to be waiting for Miriam and giving her honor, says the Rebbe, it's difficult to say that it's only Bidei Shamayim, so to speak, so to speak, that it's only the Yidden waiting there, only because Hashem held the clouds back. And not because they wanted to do it. Because again, if the Yidden are doing a good thing, it should be really coming from them, not only from Hashem. In fact, says the Rebbe, it makes sense to say that it actually worked exactly the other way around. The fact that the cloud didn't move was because the Yidden wanted to wait for Miriam. And that's the view of the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, that this is why the Yidden waited. Because this actually fits with the general Mishnah over there that's describing the whole idea of Midah Keneged Midah, that Hashem always acts with Yidden in a way of Midah Keneged Midah. That's according to the Mishnah. But according to Rashi, even if we should say that yes, the Yidden also agreed, and even they wa- even, even if they wanted to wait, but if we learned a simple psukim, and in the way we learned earlier in the Parsha already, the general system of how the Yidden traveled, that was always based on when the cloud moved or didn't move, so it's very, very difficult to say that this journey would be different than any other journey that is dependent on the desire of the Yidden. And therefore Rashi just learned simply that it was dependent on the Abishter. The Rebbe now takes it a step deeper. In Rashi, Yena Shal we actually see the Pnimi is the emiss of every single thing. And what is that? Chassidus explains that even in matter of Yerushalayim, which definitely are dependent on the avoid of the person, but even they are to a certain extent also coming milamaila with some sort of his oiderus and help, etc. milamaila. But it's higher than the level called Yidei Shomayim. Hakol Bidei Shomayim, Chutzmi Yerushalayim, we say Hakol Bidei Shomayim in the hands of heaven. But there's levels that are higher than Yidei Shomayim, as Chassidus explains. And says the Rebbe, so in other words, that when the Yidin wanted to give honor, that itself is coming from above. So that's Rashi hinting to this idea that really it's coming from Hashem, even though of course the Yidin also wanted, but even that desire of the Yidin is coming from Hashem. Whereas in the Mishnah, which is Nigla the Torah, where we don't see necessarily in a revealed way, in such an instance, that it would be coming Mulamaila because if a person feels the Yisoyedus and recognizes that it's coming Mulamaila, it's a bit of a contradiction to Bechir Chavshis. So therefore the emphasis is more that we feel that we're doing things because this is the way we want to do it. It's all about the Avoidus Adam. Says the Rebbe, based on all of this, we can now understand why this concept, that according to Rashi, the way the Rebbe just explained to Rashi, Bepinimius means that really everything is coming Mulamaila. So even if you didn't want to wait, it's really coming from above. Says Rebbe, where does Rashi hint to all of this? About Sarah specifically, why? The general idea of a Mitzvah, he's being sent out of all three camps, 
is clearly because he is completely the opposite of the whole idea of Kedusha. And that's why Michutz Lamachana Meshava, he has to be outside the camp, even outside Machana Yisro, which shows that he, he became so distant even from the lowest, lowest level of Machana Yisroel. In fact, says the Rebbe, this is the inner reason for what we explained earlier, that the main idea of the Chiyuv is that he should be outside the camp. Because and when we said if there's no camps, you can't do that. Because if there's no camps, you don't even realize this idea that this individual is completely out of the framework, the, 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 the borders of Kedusha. Says the Rebbe, this is why this idea that Yira Shamayim comes from above is hinted specifically when we're speaking about trying to bring the Torah, the purity of the Mitzvah quicker. Because the general idea of the Torah of the Mitzvah comes specifically Milamaila from above. The Rebbe says, it's explained elsewhere, that the reason why it says, by the Mitzvah of which sounds like he's being brought against his will, is because really this oiderus tshuva, the arousal, the inspiration for tshuva for someone on such a low level, someone that's outside of all the camps, is not really coming from himself, because if he's in such a low state, it's very difficult that he should be in this oider in tshuva by himself. But rather it's coming from his oiderus mulamayla, because Hashem had promised that no yid would ever be completely pushed away. Which Hashem promising this, obviously this is also in a sinus koyach, this is also Hashem giving us the koyach, that that's the way it should happen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu that Hashem actually helps along.